The entire world is watching the horrific conflict in Israel-Palestine, but today I wanted to provide some important context that is often not mentioned in the Western media. And I really need to emphasize that what Israel is doing right now is indiscriminately bombing one of the most densely populated regions on the planet. Israel is killing large numbers of civilians, including hundreds of children who have been killed in Israeli bombing in just a few days. Israel is bombing everything, especially apartment buildings, and that this means that entire Palestinian families are being killed, entire families. Furthermore, Israel is bombing hospitals, schools, other civilian infrastructure. Now, of course, Israel and its supporters in Western governments are claiming that these attacks are against military targets, but no, they are against Palestinian civilians. Meanwhile, the entire Gaza Strip has been blockaded. There is no electricity. There is no food. There is no water. This is a medieval-style siege, and Israeli officials are using borderline genocidal rhetoric referring to Palestinians as animals. At the same time, Israel is bombing its neighbors like Syria and Lebanon, and there is the possibility that this violence could expand into a regional war. Now, in a previous video, which I'll link to in the description below, I discussed some very important facts that are almost always left out of Western media coverage. First of all, that Gaza has been under an illegal Israeli blockade since 2007. Israel controls all of its land borders, its airspace, and its water, territorial waters. Israel controls everything that goes in and out of Gaza. And the Israeli government has even calculated the number of food calories that are allowed in Gaza in order to, quote, put the population on a diet. That is to say, to keep them just above the line where they starve. And every time Palestinians try to peacefully protest against this illegal Israeli blockade, they're massacred. This is exactly what happened in 2018. There was a huge march, the Great March of Return, and for months, Palestinians held peaceful protesters in Gaza, and the Israeli military killed them. It shot peaceful protesters. Snipers also killed medics and journalists and humanitarian workers. So at every single stage, Palestinians have tried to use peaceful resistance. They've always been met with Israeli violence, so they returned with violent attacks of their own. I also explained how Israel is an apartheid regime. This has been acknowledged even by mainstream Western human rights organizations that say that Israel is guilty of the crime against humanity of carrying out apartheid against the Palestinians. And in the case of Gaza, the former conservative prime minister of the UK, David Cameron, admitted that Gaza is an open-air prison camp, that Palestinians, two million Palestinians are trapped in a prison camp that Israel has been overseeing for years, and every day there is violence against them. Every day, Israel kills Palestinians, and we never hear about the violence against Palestinians until they respond. Then there is nonstop media coverage portraying Palestinians as the aggressors and Israelis as the victims that ignores all of that context. And in the previous video, I pointed out that according to international law, people who are under occupation and facing colonial oppression have a legal right under international law to armed resistance. I discussed that in the previous video. Again, I will link to that in the description below. 
And by the way, this is not by any means the first time that Israel has bombed Gaza. Every few years, Israel bombs Gaza relentlessly, kills hundreds or thousands of civilians, and it's part of what Israeli government officials refer to as mowing the lawn with more genocidal rhetoric, referring to Palestinians not as human beings but as lawn, and when the grass gets too high, when there are too many Palestinians, they need to kill them. That is how Israel thinks about this because it has trapped two million people in an open-air prison, and anytime they protest, anytime they try to do something to get out, Israel kills them. Today, I'm going to look at further context and show some important details that, once again, are almost never mentioned in Western media coverage, which is just extremely pro-Israel. It is very biased against the Palestinians. The most important thing to keep in mind is that there are more than two million Palestinian civilians trapped in Gaza, and Israel has imposed what it refers to as a, quote, complete siege on the Gaza Strip. That is, those are the words of the defense minister of Israel, Yoav Gallant, boasting of a complete siege. This is like the medieval times. He said, quote, boasting, he said, quote, there will be no electricity, no food, no fuel. So Israel is trying to starve them. They have, Palestinians have no electricity. And furthermore, this Israeli official referred to Palestinians as, quote, human animals. So this is the kind of borderline genocidal rhetoric where we hear, where Israeli officials are saying that Palestinians are not human beings, they are animals. In fact, Israel has essentially taken more than 2 million Palestinian civilians as hostages. Israel's energy minister, Israel Katz, wrote on social media that no, quote, electrical switch will be turned on, no water hydrant will be opened, and no fuel truck will enter until the abductees were free. That is to say that Palestinian fighters have taken around 100 hostages. The estimates are between 100 and 150 hostages. And in response, Israel is holding the entire Gazan population of 2.3 million people collectively as hostages and preventing electricity, water, and f food and fuel from going in and basically trying to starve people in order to meet their political demands. I mean, this is a massive war crime. This is collective punishment of millions of civilians. An Israeli government official even told the country's Channel 13, quote, Gaza will eventually turn into a city of tents. There will be no buildings. So Israel just plans on eradicating everything in this area, again, one of the most densely populated areas on earth, where 2.3 million Palestinians are trapped under an Israeli siege. The stories coming out of Gaza are absolutely horrifying. In fact, even the Associated Press, which is very biased in the interest of Israel, has been forced to admit that Israel is indiscriminately massacring Palestinian civilians. It notes that in just a few days of Israeli airstrikes, more than 1,100 Palestinians have been killed, and among those, Israel has killed at least 326 children and 171 women. So keep this in mind when you see ridiculous claims that Palestinian fighters were intentionally killing children. Well, meanwhile, there are reports, this is from the Associated Press, that 
just in a few days of bombing, Israel has already killed 326 Palestinian children. Furthermore, Israel has killed 11 United Nations staffers attacking people who work for the United Nations, who are humanitarian workers. The Associated Press published another article that acknowledged that entire Palestinian families are simply being eradicated, exterminated by Israel, that an Israeli airstrike, for instance, killed 19 members of the same family in a Gaza refugee camp. 19 members of a family, just eliminating an entire family. And they also point out, this is a refugee camp, I should point out, that many of these Palestinians are themselves refugees or they are descendants of refugees who were displaced by Israeli ethnic cleansing and colonialism. Meanwhile, the Israeli government has been posting videos boasting of how much it's destroying Gaza. Benjamin Netanyahu, the longest ever serving prime minister of Israel, who's the current prime minister, despite the fact that he basically, you know, just stole elections. He kept holding new elections until he won again after losing. He was being blatantly investigated for corruption. He, he posted a video boasting of how strong Israel is by bombing Gaza into rubble, by just destroying, carpet bombing civilian areas in Gaza. And Netanyahu is overseeing a far-right, extreme-right government in Israel, and he has a coalition with literal fascist parties, literal fascist parties in the Israeli government who want genocide against the Palestinian people. These are the war criminals we're, we're talking about here, and him posting this video reminded me of the deranged gunmen, the mass killers who carry out mass shootings in the U.S., and then they live stream themselves shooting their innocent victims. Benjamin Netanyahu is doing the geopolitical equivalent of that right now. So to justify these obvious war crimes and mass killings of Palestinians, the Israeli regime, the apartheid regime, has been creating a series of fake news stories and propaganda and spreading it across the Western media. And a lot of gullible so-called journalists have been regurgitating this without any evidence. And later, these fake news stories are shown to be complete fabrications and lies. A good example of this is the completely debunked, baseless claim by Israel that Hamas, the Palestinian group, was beheading babies. Now, later the Israeli military admitted that this is completely false after the Israeli military helped give birth to this fake story. And this is a classic example of propaganda where the Israeli regime creates a fake story, it's spread all throughout the media, and then later admits, actually, sorry, we were, we were wrong, that story is completely false, there's no evidence whatsoever, but they've already done the damage. This fake story has been spread and is used to justify these Israeli attacks. In fact, U.S. President Joe Biden echoed these lies. He claimed that he had, quote, confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. This is completely false. There is no evidence. And in fact, the, the White House was later forced to issue a statement saying it is not true. This was acknowledged even by the New York Post, which is a right-wing, completely pro-Israel media outlet. It said the White House walk back the commander-in-chief's claim. It's not true. Another example of one of these fake stories is the Western media claimed repeatedly that a German-Israeli tattoo artist named Shani Luke was killed in this Palestinian attack, and yet 
it was now exposed, her mom has exposed that actually she's alive and is in a hospital in Gaza. So when you see these stories in the Western media, you should always be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And especially when there's fog of war happening, a lot of these so-called journalists in the West who are pro-Israel propagandists, they're simply echoing unsubstantiated claims by the Israeli military. It's propaganda, in some cases fake news, and they're using it to demonize Palestinians and portray them as horrible monsters and baby killers. Meanwhile, Israel is killing hundreds of Palestinian children in its relentless, indiscriminate bombing. Again, in just, in just four days of Israeli bombing, Israel has killed 326 Palestinian children, nearly 200 Palestinian women. And yet Israel is projecting its own crimes onto Palestinians, accusing Palestinians of doing what Israel is doing and has for decades done to the Palestinians, killing them, occupying them, besieging them, stealing their land. What this all reminds me of is back in the Gulf War, when the U.S. attacked Iraq in response to Iraq invading Kuwait in 1990 and 1991, the U.S. media spread a series of completely fake stories claiming that Iraqi soldiers went into hospitals in Kuwait and took the babies out of incubators and left them on the ground to die. So there were a series of reports in the Western media, including top newspapers, claiming falsely that Iraqi soldiers were intentionally killing babies. It was totally false. In fact, there was even congressional testimony by a young Kuwaiti girl named Naira, and she claimed the same thing. And yet it was later exposed that she was the daughter of the Kuwaiti ambassador. And the Washington Post was later forced to publish an article by the director of Middle East Watch, which was part of Human Rights Watch. And this article acknowledged that it was false, that a Washington Post news story incorrectly stated that Middle East Watch, a division of Human Rights Watch, had initially embraced the stories of Iraqi troops killing babies in incubators in Kuwait. They investigated and dismissed the obviously false tales of hundreds of babies thrown out of incubators by Iraqi troops. They could find no credible evidence to support this allegation. And yet it was spread all over the media and was used to justify the U.S. relentlessly, brutally bombing Iraq, destroying Iraqi civilian infrastructure, including hospitals and schools and bridges and civilian areas. And in fact, there were Iraqi soldiers that were fleeing and the U.S. Air Force massacred them on the so-called highway of death, just liquidating Iraqi soldiers as they had their backs turned as they were fleeing in an obvious war crime. Another famous example of Western governments using this kind of fake news to justify their wars was back in 2011 when the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Susan Rice, claimed falsely without a shred of evidence that Libya's leader Muammar Gaddafi was giving his troops Viagra and encouraging them to do mass sexual assaults of women. It was completely false. There was never a single shred of evidence. It was fabricated by the US government, and yet the media just completely echoed it as if it were true, not demanding evidence. Now, a few months later, the mainstream Western human rights organization, Amnesty International, 
came out publicly and questioned the U.S. government's false accusations and said there was no evidence whatsoever. But the damage, once again, had already been done. This fake story was used to manufacture consent for NATO's 2011 war that destroyed the Libyan state, that, that, that killed the leader Muammar Gaddafi and created a failed state. And still today, 12 years later, there is no central unified government in Libya that has been in chaos and civil war. Well, these fake stories spread by the U.S. government and other Western governments that are supporting Israel today as it does the same, these lies, these fake news campaigns are used to justify imperialism, to justify Western war crimes. All they are is the 21st century version of Orientalism. We're supposed to believe that these Arab fighters resisting colonialism by the Western powers are all barbarians and they're animals and they're justifying the U.S. atrocities, the Israeli atrocities, the atrocities by other NATO powers that are in these neo-colonial wars. That's what these are. They are neo-colonial wars, and Israel has always been engaged in a project of settler colonialism since its origins in European colonialism. And what's so sad is this propaganda is very effective at essentially brainwashing people so they support the war crimes committed by Israel and other Western governments. And of course, Israel is part of the extended West as a political construct. It's rooted in, in Western colonialism. And as an example of this, the Hollywood actress Jamie Lee Curtis published on Instagram a photo of children looking up in terror at the skies. And she wrote, terror from the skies and put an Israeli flag. But in reality, the photo that she posted was of Palestinian children looking up in terror at the Israeli terror raining down upon them, the relentless bombing. And you know what she did? Instead of correcting it, she deleted the photo. She didn't correct it and say, oh no, Palestinian children's lives matter too. Nope. This is the dehumanization of Palestinians. This is how complete it is, where you're not allowed to see Palestinian children in fear of being bombed by Israel, which, which of course is supported to the hilt by the U.S. The U.S. government gives the Israeli military $3.8 billion in military aid every single year. And yet that's not enough, according to these Western warmongers. And here we can see how absurd it is that some people have tried to portray the so-called populists in the U.S. Republican Party as anti-war. These far-right extremists are not anti-war. They love war when it comes to waging war on the Palestinian people. They love war when it comes to waging war on Iran. And Josh Hawley is a supposed populist Republican, in scare quotes, from the, you know, he's a far-right Republican. And he has been saying, he tweeted, quote, Israel is facing existential threat. Any funding for Ukraine should be redirected to Israel immediately. These are the so-called right-wing anti-war populists. They're not actually against war. They simply want to stop the proxy war in Ukraine against Russia because instead they want to wage war on Palestinians. They want to wage war on Iran. They're all anti-Iran hawks. They want to wage war on Venezuela and Cuba and Nicaragua. They want to wage war on China. And by the way, many of them are calling for invading Mexico and waging war on Mexico.
Another example of this is the far-right extremist Marjorie Taylor Greene, another so-called populist Republican, and she also claims that she wants to stop funding the proxy war with Russia and Ukraine, but that's because instead she wants the U.S. to provide more support for the Israeli apartheid regime in order to kill Palestinians, and she wants war on Iran, and she wants to invade Mexico, and she wants war on China. All of these so-called right-wing populists are completely full of BS. They're not anti-war. They simply support other wars. Marjorie Taylor Greene says, quote, we stand with our great friend and ally Israel as they declare war against Islamic terrorists. May God protect Israel. She says Trump would never have given money to Iran. And she's saying that Biden gave back a little bit of the money that the U.S. illegally stole from Iran as part of a prisoner exchange. So the U.S. has stolen billions of dollars that belong to Iran. That's theft. And then the U.S., through prisoner exchanges, was forced to give back a little bit. That's not a gift to Iran. That's not giving money. It's giving back some of the money that the U.S. stole. So all of these fake populists they're not actually anti-war. In fact, Marjorie Taylor Greene referred to the Democrats like Rashida Tlaib, AOC, and Ilhan Omar as the Hamas caucus, saying they, tre they treat Hamas terrorists better than J6, January 6 prisoners. So, I mean, obviously the Democrats have also been awful in their statements released on Israel-Palestine. This is bipartisan. Donald Trump, like Biden, has been calling for more support for Israel as it commits war crimes and atrocities against the Palestinian people. Anyone trying to tell you that the Republicans or the Democrats are the good guys and now they're against war, this exposes how that is completely absurd, completely fraudulent, that both mainstream political parties in the U.S. are pro-war and imperialist and full of war criminals, and they are right now applauding as the U.S. gives billions of dollars in support to Israel as it relentlessly bombs Gaza. As an Israeli official said, as it turns Gaza into a city of tents, as it kills hundreds of children, and by the way, as Israel is also bombing Syria and bombing Lebanon. And this is something that's gone on for years. It's not the first time. Every few weeks, basically, Israel bombs Syria and has for a decade. And pretty regularly, Israel bombs Lebanon as well. This is a complete rogue regime that is constantly waging war on all of its neighbors. It is a colonial project of ethnic cleansing and racism and apartheid with the full support of Western governments. They constantly talk about human rights and democracy and all of that. And yet, they say that any time that Palestinians try to fight back, they tell them they're terrorists. They're never allowed to respond. They always have to turn the other cheek as Israel massacres their family members and, and constantly bombs Gaza. This is not the first time that Israel has bombed Gaza. Every few years, it relentlessly bombs the Gaza Strip. And as I said earlier, Israeli officials say their goal is to mow the lawn. This is the genocidal rhetoric we regularly hear from Israeli officials. So continuing in the future, what does Israel expect Palestinians to do? They are trapped under a brutal, illegal 
blockade that has gone on since 2007. Now it's a complete siege. They don't have electricity. They don't have food. They don't have water. What does Israel expect? That they're not going to attack? They're not going to respond? It simply wants them to disappear, to die. It wants them all to die. That's Israel's goal. It has trapped more than 2 million human beings in an open-air prison. Again, even the conservative former prime minister of Britain has acknowledged that it's an open-air prison. Israel wants to trap them in this massive concentration camp and simply forget about them. Treat them like human animals. That's what Israel refers to them as. And anytime they respond... They're demonized in the West. Well, this is exactly how slave owners responded when there were slave uprisings in the United States by people like Nat Turner, who led uprisings of enslaved people against slavery. And every time they attacked and tried to free themselves from slavery, the U.S. propagandists who, in support of slavery, or even people who claimed to be abolitionists but were Oh, they say we should, it should only be peaceful and pacifism. Well, they would always say, you're making your, your liberation struggle even more difficult because you're inviting more of a backlash, more revenge. Well, what were they supposed to do? Just simply forever wait for these slave, people enslaving them to just become nice and stop slaving, enslaving them? That's not how they freed themselves. That's not how anyone in human history has ever freed themselves. So keep all of this context in mind when you see the mind-numbing propaganda in the West claim that Palestinians should simply just accept their slow-motion genocide without any consequences, without ever fighting back, and just allow Israel to starve them, to, to trap them in an open-air prison, to prevent them from having electricity, to make their lives hell. Gaza is not a livable place. It has not been a livable place for decades, and Israel has been trapping people for so long that it was only a matter of time until they responded. So keep all of this in mind. And with that, I'm going to conclude here. I just wanted to provide some of this very important context because, again, the Western media has shown just how extremely biased it is in the interest of Israeli colonialism, demonizing Palestinians, spreading some of this fake news. And I wanted to provide some of the larger context so you can see what's actually happening here. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're watching or listening on. If you're on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. If you, are, if you prefer listening as a podcast, all of our videos are available as podcasts. I want to thank everyone for joining me. I'll see you next time.